Minutes from Latvia with Mike Collier. Well, welcome back to the Minutes from Latvia podcast with me, Mike Collier, brought to you by Latvia's Sabiodiski Media, Latvian Public Media. Uh, another two weeks has passed and we had a cold snap, but today is a mysterious fog blanketing all of Riga. Although I was actually came in from outside of Riga and it was beautiful and sunny and I felt that spring had finally arrived. And about 50 kilometers later, just as I got onto Riga borders, it turned into freezing fog again. And I thought, you know, you can never be quite sure in Latvia about what the weather's going to be like. But I'm sure that by the time we've left the pod, and it's a very full pod today, it'll probably be sunny again. So there we go. I've got two guests in the pod with me for the first time ever. My confidence is increasing by the week, and I thought I can finally manage to bring two guests in. Um, that's partly because I was independently talking to both of them about almost the same things. So it seemed to be make, make a lot of sense to bring them in together, but also because it mean that hopefully I'll have to talk a lot less. Um, so we're going to be talking startups again, which we've t touched on a little bit in uh, previous uh, podcasts, but it's been a particularly big week for the startup scene in Latvia. We've just had the uh, tech chill, well, festival. Is it a festival? Is it a conference? I'm not sure exactly how to describe it. And so we've got one of the main organizers of that, Liva Perkorn, here to uh, tell us about how it went, uh, what we've learned, and uh, basically what Tech Chill is all about. And after that, we've got uh, Zane Boyar as well, who's also a big wheel on the startup scene, to talk about uh, being a wise guy, or a startup wise guy, or a startup wise gal. I'm not sure we'll, we'll get the correct uh, pronunciation and the correct intonation of that a bit later on. So, first of all, I've rabbited on for probably as much as I need to do for the whole podcast. Lever, tell us about Tech Chill. It happened on the 9th and the 10th of February. It happened at the National Library. I went along there and I was confused, amazed, but pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so, from your side, as someone who helped organize it, how long did it take to set up? What exactly happened and what do you think the, the results are? Well, basically, TechTool takes uh, nothing less than a year to set up. We have already started working on uh, the next year. Uh, because, in essence, it's a startup conference, a startup event that takes two days where we try to put as much as we can in those two days. Um, we have networking, we have an agenda, we have speakers from across the world, we have investors coming over to meet the startups that are coming. Uh, this year, TechTool brought together more than a thousand attendees, which is a very big deal since it's more than twice the amount that was last year. I and think this was the second year, was it? This no, it's year actually or? the year six. Oh, okay. It's very. It's just as old as Techabriga, which is uh, kind of the core team that's organizing it. Uh, but uh, last year it was around a hundred, four hundred eighty, and this year it's more than a thousand, which is obviously awesome for the event. But I think it also uh, shows that the interest in Baltic startups has been growing because this year we had. Uh, a lot of international investors coming over to see what's happening in the Baltics. We had a lot of international media coming over. Uh, we have made, I think, a lot of noise, which is also in part thanks to the startup law that the government has has agreed on and everyone was, is also hearing about it and wants to come here and see what's, what's it all about. We'll maybe get onto the startup law a bit later with Zana as well. But um, 
What struck me in particular about the uh, you know, the attendees at TechChill is not unusual for there to be a conference or an event where there's a thousand people right, in Latvia, but it seemed that everyone was actually participating. You know, th- it, this wasn't just we all sit in a room, get you know a panel of eight people to lecture to us, and then we pick up a pack and go home. I mean, like everyone was bouncing all over the place. I mean, it was actually quite confusing in some ways, <laughs> but that was like a really refreshing change as far as your business culture in Latvia is concerned, I think. I mean, did you get the impression that this was... I mean, was it? has it been like that every year? Or? That is actually kind of the essence of startup events. There is one part, which is also definitely a very big part, which happens on stage. We bring the speakers, we bring international founders who share their experience. And uh, that gives a lot of inspiration and knowledge, and it's important. But uh, for the startups themselves, which are a very big part of the audience, for them, the main giveaway is the opportunity to meet investors, to meet potential partners, to network. Uh, we know many of that. We had 200 startups coming, uh, 60 investors. I know that I think uh, almost uh, none of them were actually hearing what's happening on stage because mm. for them, the most important part was the opportunity to meet them. They, we had uh, 300 individual meetings between startups and investors to shake hands, to pitch their startup to get investment. So all this buzz is um, its very essential for the startup event. And it's also the main reason why the startups uh, come here, what we can offer them, that this is your chance to take the next step in your startup. I mean, I actually quite like that. And I, I, I mean, I've been to a couple of these other startup events, like up at Mectory in um, uh, Tallinn, where they, they had something. And I, it seemed to me, this is just personal impression, that they kind of go a lot more for the the star speakers and so on there. And they really go for that kind of California, um, upbeat, almost evangelistic thing. It was what I liked about TechChill was, uh, as you said, people weren't, well, they were, it's not that they weren't interested in the speakers, but they kind of had other priorities as well. And I thought this was kind of a bit of Latvian sort of reserve actually kind of undercutting it. People had their tasks. They wanted to do meetings and so on. Okay, if you get a chance to see a speaker, then it's fine. But this wasn't like the main reason for going. And this whole sort of superstar founder where, you know, hey, I failed in 25 companies, you know, so I must be brilliant. <laughs> that didn't really impress people as much. And I just thought that was a really positive sort of, uh, sort of thing. But getting to sort of brass tacks, have you got any figures as to like how many deals were done? How, you know, are there any headline deals that were made? Well, we had, too early? I think, uh, about 300 pre-arranged meetings between individual startups where uh, they pitch to investors they have these 20 minute meetings uh, they pitch to these to them i think the deals we will we will uh, ask them later how they followed up with the investors did they make a deal what came out of it um, we will see how much obviously another big uh, reason why we are doing this we are actually pitching the country in mm. itself and not just the country as latvia but also baltics as a startup region uh, because from across uh, from across the ponds, we we don't talk about Riga or Latvia. We talk about the Baltics. So we're, we will be evaluating publicity as well. We want to know how many people uh, across in other countries have heard how much they want to come. Because it's also very crucial, not just not just for f- publicity itself, but just for the startups. When investors in Silicon Valley hear that there's something happening in Latvia, for them it makes it just much easier mm. to get their attention, to get deals. I mean, would it be fair to say that this part of the world, the Baltics, 
is kind of cool as far as startups are concerned at the moment. Well, we know or is that, that just something we like to say to ourselves, you know, to try and convince ourselves that it's the case? I mean, do they actually notice in Silicon Valley these things happening? Um, I think it depends uh, what... Uh, one of the main things that matters is human connection because this is how Estonia made, which is, uh, I think, a very good example of great PR. You don't make this, you don't make this uh, kind of... Uh, reputation by just sending press releases mm. to make it we have for example bob tinker from silicon valley which from who is the founder of mobile iron a huge company coming over to latvia obviously he goes back and he talks about it and i think that's how that's how it's made he was the guy who was talking about captain america yeah was he on stage no oh, i watched one of the presentations i think it was him he was saying to run a, one of these companies you need to be captain america I mean, i'm he not was, captain america so i turned off at that point when he uh, was, did an interview <laughs> he was talking about uh, what he would uh, tell himself uh, i think 20 years yeah, before yeah that's right I, I was being because, a bit sort of cheeky about it but but because i'm i'm very interested in the mechanics of these uh, presentations that people do because there's it, it's almost become a kind of a uh, a ritual or a sort of there's a sort of in language where you have to go through certain you know things in your presentation and it's interesting to see how the different people do it they're all trying to shock but because they're all trying to shock it's actually not very shocking you know <laughs> but as 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 theater it's actually very very interesting to watch on the highway stage we had the focus on kind of the human side of tech and uh, Bob was one of the speakers we brought in to talk about kind of his personal story because he has uh, he has this huge company which is uh, listed on Nasdaq right now and he's gone the whole way for several decades. It's not just a startup, so he can actually talk. Uh, he, mm. ha he has a lot to give. And uh, we had a lot. We had some other founders on that stage as well, talking about how they have made their startups, what they have learned, and we kind of wanted to not just have those traditional pitches about how this is my startup, it's uh, gonna change the world, uh, and stuff like that. We also wanted to show kind of the other side of things, the good and the bad, and uh, also a bit horrible mm. parts of uh, being a startup. Well, the other thing that uh, I wanted to ask you about as well is, I mean, it's all in English. Does that present any problems? Because, you know, sometimes we get these rulings from the State Language Center and so on saying, you know, you can do certain things. There has to be Latvian versions there or it has to be provided in in both languages. Or, I mean, do you get any heat on, on that side of things? No, I, I don't think we've ever gotten heat on that. But um, obviously for startups, which is also, I think, um, a good thing for Latvia is that basically every single startup that starts... Here, uh, it's th it's thinking globally from day one. Uh, they don't expect to have their markets in Latvia. They think how they're going to sell in the Baltics, in Europe, uh, how they're going to pitch to Silicon Valley. So for all of them, it's important to learn to pitch their story and talk about it in English. Uh, because uh, sadly, though, we have a few investors, but but uh, the mar their market, their customers, it's it's global. And it's also one of the good things that I think is appreciated about Latvia, because in Europe, in the larger countries, we see it a lot that they have, for example, in Germany, they have startups which are very much focused on their own country, on their mm. own market, and they have a very hard time going over the border. And for the Baltics, it's uh, international day one. 
And going over the border as well, I noticed there were you know, startups from Belarus, for example, there as well. Yes. It's quite interesting that maybe there's a market there for Latvia to draw, uh, draw in interest from the east and not just you know, be facing Silicon Valley all, all the way to be kind of a, a different sort of conduit there. We, I think um, each startup has its own market. Some, it's not always Silicon Valley. Uh, some of them are focusing on Asia or, Af- or even mm. Africa, or uh, it depends on their products. Uh, what we are trying to get, we are trying to get people and startups uh, from the East also to here to the event, because I think for them it's also kind of a gateway uh, to meet the investors and to meet maybe their customers and their partners uh, here in the West as well. We have a very great relationship with the Estonians. Estonians are coming in great numbers to Riga. Uh, we have the Finns who actually brought sauna with them, and they usually do. And uh, but so yeah, what we want to work on is the to bring even more people from Ukraine, mm. from Belarus as well. Okay, well, thanks very much, Leva, and thank you, Zane, for I mean. I, I, I was hoping you might interrupt at some point there, but I think mention of the Estonians and the Finns is probably a good pl- place to have our little break and we'll be back to speak to you and we will mention the Estonians again uh, in a few minutes. Minutes from Latvia with Mike Collier. Well, welcome back to the Minutes from Latvia podcast with me, Mike Collier, and my two guests in the pod, which is warming up nicely on this spring day. We've just been hearing from Liva Perkon about uh, Tech Chill, and now we're moving on to Zana Boyara about Startup Wise Guys, one of the more unusually named things in Latvia. Uh, Zana, what is or are the Startup Wise Guys, please? <laughs> Hi. Thanks, Mike, for having me here. Actually, before I start explaining, I wanted to uh, say a big thumbs up to Leva and the team uh, with Textual was a blast and I think they have done an incredible job uh, this year and I am sure I joined the team uh, I, joined, I joined those people who actually didn't hear or see anything on the stage mm-hmm. but I heard from our startups that were all here in Riga that the deal room was something amazing. So in the basement, there was a room yeah. where you could go and sit down for to make a deal, to meet investor, to meet a journalist or somebody. And uh, I think there are a lot of people who, who for whom Riga became a very good meeting point, not being from Riga necessarily. You're quite right about that, that deal room, because I did go down there and I walked in and it was quite such a contrast from the rest of the, uh, you know, the festival where it was all noise and, and it was quite sort of dark and lights shining. You go into the deal room suddenly everyone's really, really intense and negotiating in quiet over over a table. You know, good old-fashioned deal-making. And I, I genuinely felt sorry that I didn't have anything to offer because I felt like sitting down there and like negotiating a you deal did, with next someone. Next time, I mean, go it in was, with it. Like, yeah. I'm a journalist. Talk to me. Well, no, I, I wanted to sort of just make up a, some sort of company on the spot and see <laughs> if I could attract investment for it because it was actually, you could feel the energy in there. It was really, really interesting. But anyway, sorry, that's a slight yeah, digression. <laughs> fun, funny enough, there has been people saying the same thing about our program, that they would be ready to make a startup just to be part of Startup Wise Guys. Uh, and... Uh, you were asking me, so basically, I represent a st- B2B startup accelerator. So an accelerator is a, a let's call it a super intense three months business training program uh, for, uh, in our case, for business to business startups. So we don't take the ones that are consumer oriented. Um, uh, startup Wise Guys is founded in Estonia. 
Uh, but right now we have uh, just now, in like in December, uh, finished the first ever startup accelerator in Latvia. So, and it has been the first program outside of Tallinn. So now we have. And is Tallinn it, is it wise guys? Because everyone was talking about the Estonian mafia a few years ago, uh, and this is a kind of. We are trying joke. to change change that uh, right now. The <laughs> team is very international. Our CEO is actually Spanish, but he loves the Baltics, and the team is half Estonian, half Latvian. Uh, and of course, I'm I'm the Lat- one of the Latvian side. And we're always trying to, um, actually, we're trying to look at it a bit differently. And I think this is where the textual philosophy also is is very uh, similar. Let's not fight among the three small Baltic states, because for from for anybody outside of the Baltics, we are kind of like a united mar- uh, market or we're like a united mentality, which is not true as we know it, but still. Uh, <laughs> we don't and, need to tell them that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't. And... Um, so actually, we are absolutely we are actually changing it to Baltic Mafia right now, and I'm afraid we will have to even change it to CEE and Nordics Mafia, because right now started wise well, that's are, a catchy hashtag. Yeah, I think yeah, right. Let's do it next year. Well, I don't know. Baltic Mafia is a bit dangerous because it could end up as some sort of Nordic noir thing. You know, people could expect these sort of uh, thrillers from the, from the set in Riga or something. Uh, true, uh, but still, we believe that uh, that the startup uh, crowd here has a lot of potential. Uh, and actually what we see with our accelerator program that Baltics can also be a lot of interest for startups coming a bit more from kind of like southern eastern side especially for those countries who are geographically close but they are not part of European Union we have had already for the second program in a row Ukraine going very strong with very good applications for the program so startups there really see uh, Latvia our Estonia or generally Baltics is a good kind of launch pad. And if we look from the other side, I think, man, we have so much to offer because uh, let's take Riga Airport, great connections. The same actually goes for Tallinn. Uh, If we look at the costs of life and also establishing a business and running it for some time with the same amount of money here, you can probably survive half a year Mm -hmm. in London or US. Well, okay, you lost a month (laughs) too, right? So I think especially for the early stage startups, I think it just makes so much sense, and especially for the B2B. Because if you are business-to-business oriented, the small market still makes sense. Yeah. Because you can find your uh, customer, for example. And if you, you can think, use this as a bit of a test bed as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. You, for, if, for example, you're a fintech startup or you want to offer some kind of service to a bank. Well, banks here don't differ that much from banks in UK, mm. banks in Germany or banks in US, right? They just do the transactions a lot quicker here, to be perfectly honest. Um, but just getting back to the, the, the nuts and bolts again. So um, where do you get the financing from? I mean, is, is Startup Wise Guys, is it you investing in companies? Is it you uh, channeling, you know, state funds towards development? I mean, how do, what's the actual nuts and bolts of this working? That's a very good question for many reasons. First of all, because we are eagerly waiting for the EU money to be available in Latvia and the tender should be out any, any minute now. And I think that will give an amazing boost for the Latvian startup ecosystem. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, Startup Wise Guys in general, we are both we are investors. For each startup that goes through our program, we provide 20,000 euros investment per startup. On the other hand, uh, we are kind of we are also the ones seeking the investors for our own um, 
syndicate for the, for the batch. So mm-hmm. right now it's a historical moment because we are having the next batch in Tallinn in March. And this one for the first time ever uh, was funded on a public crowdfunding uh, platform. So basically we have more than 120 private investors investing via public equity crowdfunding campaign. Uh, we are the first ones that have done it in Europe. And I think that was a great sign to show that an accelerator can be a very good investment opportunity. Uh, interesting enough, I think it's also um, makes a lot of sense here in Baltics because most of those investors are not professionals. They're actually business angels in becoming Mm. because they are mostly successful entrepreneurs, especially in Estonia. There are startup people who have had exits or very successful deals. And they see an accelerator as a great opportunity because it's a diversified portfolio. So you make one investment. mm. And in in this case, with the Funderbeam uh, equity crowdfunding campaign, you get 11 startups. 10, 10 actually to be invested in. 11 so so what people would put some money in at the beginning of the process and then what they, they kind of cash out when uh, there's an IPO or when it's sold on or, or, uh, or what? Normally, uh, normally the investors uh, for an accelerator only get their money uh, back in a longer, longer run. Mm-hmm. For example, in December, we got the first ever exit, and it was from the very first batch from the year 2012, which was an Estonian startup Vital Fields. Uh, so our investors are very happy. Uh, but actually, this new uh, new um, batch that is coming up, so it's an eighth, eighth one in a row, uh, thanks to the Funderbeam platform, it actually creates a unique situation for the investors because they can trade the mm-hmm. virtual tickets or tokens, uh, basically they can trade the shares of our fund uh, because normally the exits of a startup take five to ten years. So it's quite a long-term yeah. investment. But in this particular case, provided that we, we're doing our job good, and I know we do, uh, you can start trading uh, trading uh, with it's the It's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, because you, you know, we all get the impression that these startups, everything is accelerated and super fast and changes from week to week. Yet in a way, what you're talking about is something that maybe you could have seen, I don't know, in Renaissance Venice or something. You know, people actually meet, they put some money in, you know, they, they back a ship going to the other side of the world. If it comes back again, a few years later, then they kind of, you know, make a profit, but they take a bit of a risk to do it. I mean, it seems quite an old model, actually, and that's quite reassuring. Uh, yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, we were very happy to see uh, uh, not only our existing investors returning to invest in us, but already a new trend. We have our alumni. Mm. So the startups who have been part of our Startup Wise Guys program actually investing in us. And one of our startups, the Belarusian startup from the last, uh, last batch even made a funny joke that they would consider investing half of our investment, so tw- uh, ten thousand euros back in our in our fund, <laughs> because they said, who knows, maybe that's that's a very good deal. Well, it's good to see like sort of mass participation as well, because I think one of the things which maybe sometimes puts people off um, startups or starting their own company is this idea that you know you have to attract some you know, mega investor, otherwise you've got no chance. You know, it has to be someone who's, you know, I suppose the classic example is someone who made millions on Skype or something, you know, and unless you can attract one of these guys, you've got no chance of getting off the ground. But from what you're saying, that's totally sort of not the case and that you can you can actually put an investment portfolio together from much, much humbler kind of origins. Yeah, yeah. what we really, really liked about this campaign, and I uh, I guess, uh, again, we have to say thanks to the Funderbeam platform, because basically what they do, they democratize uh, startup investments. 
as for for our syndicate, which is the legal term of the money <laughs> gathered. I'm sorry to use it. Uh, basically, the the smallest ticket you could uh, you could put was thousand euros. So okay. already with thousand euros, you could become an investor in our accelerator. I think it's amazing, mm. and we saw a lot of lot of uh, interest uh, there. But actually, if you talk about generally be, getting these big investments, it really it's really a question of the stage in which the startup is in. Because I'm not gonna go go with the specific terms of, of Series A and Series B and so on, but uh, uh, I think for the early stage startups, actually having an opportunity to get those, let's say they need 150k, right? It's it's probably easier to get it from your peers who are maybe a bit more successful, or mm. for somebody around this region than actually to pitch in US. And this is also where we come very strong because we provide also investor connections. So, for example, in our program, the last month out of three months is basically not only training the startups how to pitch properly, how to find the right figures and numbers to show to an investor and how to generally have this conversation going and this re relationship forming because it's a lot about humans also when you do the investor pitching. It is also putting uh, putting uh, startups in contact uh, with the investors. And that's why, for example, we brought six teams from our last batch to, batch to TechChill, to Riga. Uh, most of them are not Latvians. So we had the Belarusian, uh, Bulgarian, Hungarian team. The only one that didn't come was because they were in Australia. So <laughs> I hope Techchill gets better next year, and we even better next year. So we so we attract the Australians <laughs> as well. Uh, but basically, for them, Techchill was the meeting point with the investors who would not come only for our demo day, but they would come for that type mm. of event. And we're we're actually uh, going strong with that, and we have a have a plan. Uh, for even go broader and to organize a very specific event in Warsaw in May together with Google Campus, who have already said yes. And we want to bring together uh, strong all-star startups from Central and Eastern Europe and put them together with the venture capital funds and the big investors from Western Europe, from Germany, mm. because they're still they're looking at us. But they're still kind of not not in investing in the in the early stage startups. Yeah, and Warsaw has a much uh, more active bourse as yes, well. Yes, and I it? think it's it's again I, I love Riga, but I think Warsaw is a bit closer to Germany just <laughs> geographically, and also Google Campus no. go, go I just, strong. There. I just want to add that it's actually very important for us not just to bring people to Riga to TechChill, but also to go out and pitch. TechChill, pitch Latvia, pitch the Baltics to all the other countries and the events. And um, we actually went uh, over last year through all the main events in Europe and uh, talked to the organizers, talked to the people there, said, Hi, you have to come to TechChill. And actually, Maria is going, Maria, who is the main CEO of TechChill, she's going to South by Southwest uh, in March. So that's going to be our first across the pond mm -hmm. event to actually maybe possibly pitch TechChill there as well. So, Well, sadly, we're nearly out of, out of time. I mean, this has actually absolutely flown by and I could quite happily stay here talking to you all day. Um, can we just finish? Maybe each of you could give me either a couple of names of companies or a couple of, you know, a sector to look out for so that over the course of the next 12 months until the next tech chill, what should we look out for? You know, so that maybe a listener can see some name pop up and they'll think, oh, heard about that on the podcast. <laughs> you mean startup companies? Yeah, either a company or, or just a, you know, a, a trend within the startup scene, maybe. Well, I don't, I don't, um, 
I'm not sure if this is a trend, but I think if you have one takeaway from TechChill, it's the thing that Davis, the CEO of TechHub, usually says it's to talk to people you don't know. Uh, we have it plastered all over because it goes counter to the Latvian mentality and mm. we and it's also very crucial to make it in success. So we're kind of, I think that is the main challenge in essence that we are going over to make people talk to people you don't know and make connections. Well, it was the, definitely the first time I've ever been at a Latvian business event where people yeah. did walk up to me <laughs> and say, oh, hello, Mike, you know, reading my name name tag, let me tell you about my company. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Yes, and that is kind of, the, that, that's the main essence we can, but I think Zane can probably talk um, a lot more about startups because I know you've had a lot of success during your last batch. I think their uh, startup Anatomy Next, which is a Latvian, from their last batch actually raised in, I don't know, one week after Demo Day, which is also a great success for Latvia, but... So yeah, there's there's uh, plenty of startups to watch and if I can be very uh, hard selling, I could say watch our portfolio because out of 60 companies we have accelerated uh, uh, close to 40 are still very active, going strong, raising money, having deals. Um, yes, uh, Liv mentioned Anatomy Next, uh, the Salatian startup, actually a very incredible, incredibly interesting startup uh, that uh, uh, that helps medical students uh, teach uh, easier and uh, learn easier and better anatomy with uh, art uh, with uh, augmented reality 3D model so you can zoom into the human body uh, and they have just basically month after graduating our program they raised over the first uh, first part of a round which was uh, 300,000 uh, euros okay anatomy next anatomy next that's for okay. sure in Latvia generally I think look at the drones look at the fintech mm -hmm. fintech <laughs> fintech is going yes. strong and also actually the virtual reality startups are, are are doing very good Estonia is a bit different story but let's leave it for some other time <laughs> yes. so in yeah, I just I will say a few names. So we have the names, which is definitely uh, Twino is among the largest of fintech, who also gave back, uh, which is also the essence of startup life, which is giving back to the community. Uh, we have Monea Nordigen, who won pitch battle last year. They're B two B fintech. Yes, spray printer actually is worth mentioning for sure. Yes. That was the this year's pitch battle winner, which is an, yeah. is an Estonian startup. This. Uh, again, another cool idea how to print uh, with a portable printer. It's basically like you do graffiti, but you do a perfect uh, picture using an app. And, uh, Sounds ghastly. Yeah. In the end, I would just uh, <laughs> <laughs> advise to go and watch uh, TechChill because in the archives, in the video, if you haven't seen it, because we also put a lot of Latvians on stage. We try to make the best, uh, take actually the best startups from Latvia and also give them a stage to talk on, which was the Durio, which is absolutely amazing, and AirDog and Vividly, which is doing great in VR. And uh, That's my plan, actually, to yes. sit down and finally wa watch TechChill, <laughs> yes. because yeah. I, I saw exactly 10 minutes uh, of TechChill on the big stage when the spray printer win and the big pitch battle was announced. So I so just find TechChill on Facebook and uh, okay. you'll I'll, have a link. I'll, all links will be put at the yeah. bottom of the, uh, of the podcast uh, feature here. Well, thank you again, both of you, for joining me. I've got a feeling I'm going to have to invite you both back 
at in about six months or so for an update because we just even though we've been rabbiting on way over time uh, this week we've only just touched on a, a few things which I think we could pursue um, to great effect so thank you and thank you to the listeners for listening we'll be back again in another couple of weeks with another Minutes from Latvia until then Visu Labu thanks Labu. for having us Minutes from Latvia with Mike Collier Produced by Renar Steimans for Latvian Public Media. Find out more at www.lsm.lv.